first time here, welcome again, just personally for me. My name is Jordan. I'm the campus pastor here at Gulfport. Uh, in case you don't know, we got three locations, one in Wiggins, one in Long Beach, and obviously here. And so just welcome. We're glad that you came out today. And uh, we are continu- continuing our year of the Bible It's been fabulous and uh, we are coming towards the end, but that doesn't mean that it's quite done yet. There's still a few more important things to be said. You know, it's like, oh, we're towards the end, who cares? No, man, look, today and and throughout the end of the Bible, there's some intense things that are happening. Um, We made it through some of the most excruciating times through some of the prophets. Oh gosh, (laughs) lamentations. You know, but now come on, Ezekiel's a little bit of fire up in there. And so it's, it's exciting. But, uh, but what we're going to be in today, we're going to be in Hebrews. And so if you got your Bible, for all three of you who actually have a real Bible, uh, you can turn to Hebrews chapter 5. For the rest of you, you can, you know, unlock your phone. Unless you get, unless you get the iPhone X, you, you could just like stare at it and awkwardly just stare at it until it unlocks. And some of you know what an iPhone X is or 10, 10. They're confusing me. What happened to nine? That's all I'm saying. What happened to nine? It's good though. Come on. So Hebrews, it's, 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 today's going to be one of those messages, um, and this is, how, this is the best way I could ex- describe it. it. It's like a wasabi message, all right? Now, now for, for you wasabi fans out there, which Casey's a big wasabi fan, the guy that had the mic up here that was like, go figure, he's a wasabi fan. Uh, didn't really have to imagine that too much, you know? Uh, what he does, don't you like create some sort of soup with the, the soy and the wasabi? Yeah. Eyes watering, that's when it's good. Um, eating sushi with him is, is an experience. You're all talking, having con- all of a sudden you hear like, what are you doing over there? Just eating some sushi. That is violent sounding. But uh, what happens, you, you eat it and at first it kind of kicks you in the face, but then it, it kind of trails off. And then before you know it, you're like, I would like some more of that. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of how this message is. Um, it's kind of like a friendly punch in the gut, all right? Like you ever had a friend that just walked by and just like whack, punch you in the gut out of nowhere and you're like, oh, but it's still funny. So I'm laughing a little bit. That's kind of <laughs> if you haven't had that, you haven't had a good friend. You know, good friend that can punch you in the stomach and you still laugh about it. Um, I've got a friend who is a, an Alabama fan and... Uh, I had to say something. I might as well just get out of the way. I felt pressure. I just got a hug over here from Mr. Jimmy, and it was more of a mocking hug. It was more like a <laughs> roll tide. And uh, it's all right. I only almost threw my phone one time last night. And uh, what was up with the jet sweep game plan? It was like one play over and over. I'm like, They're t- they know what you're trying to do. Anyways, I'm a little bitter, but it's fine. I just smile through it. But I have a friend who's a World Tide fan, and uh, I don't know how we're still friends. But, um, but just a good friend like that. So today is kind of a message where uh, let's smile and let's just, let's just receive it. You know, I think the best way to take correction and instruction is just humbly with a little bit of a smile because uh, it's the, the best way that you can receive it, right? So uh, there's a big issue in our, in our culture, and you guys know what it is or know about it. It's this, this issue of non committal, okay, like, like halfway, right? We, we, as a culture, we don't really go all in with anything nowadays, okay? If somebody invites you over to their house, you like let them know that you got it, but you don't necessarily commit to going. Sorry, Tom. You, 
we are coming. It was, it, it was a misunderstanding, but, but <laughs> you know where they, they're like, hey guys, you want to come over? And you send like a thumbs up. It's like, was that a yes? Or is that like a, I got it. I'll let you know later on, right? We, we like to keep our options open because something more important might come up. You know what I'm talking about. Come on. Don't stare at me like that. Y'all are with me on this, okay? Because we don't like to commit to things. We don't like to go all in because then it's like we're kind of like burning the boats behind us where we like have to continue to move forward. And uh, you, you know that's humanity. Humanity is just like that. We like to keep our options open. And Paul, he's writing in Hebrews and he's having a lot of the same type issues with people that were committed to the faith. And then they start kind of second guessing some things. A lot of them were Jews. And so they, they, had, they had been raised up in a certain mindset. And then when things kind of started getting rough, or they maybe were confused, they started kind of backtracking a little bit. They started kind of going back to what they used to believe in and functioning in the Jewish faith. And so he's reminding them about, about a lot of things. And a lot of Paul's teachings are a lot of reminding. Hey, hey guys, when I was there, you understood it and we were good and then I left and now somebody's telling me that you're, you've gone back to what you were doing before. Do I, and, I need to come and remind you again. You know what I'm saying? That was kind of the, the rhythm that Paul had a lot. And so uh, what he's really doing is he's reminding them that everything in the word of God points to Jesus. And I think it's important for us to know that Old Testament, New Testament, all of it is pointing to Jesus. Jesus is the crux of the matter. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, is, he fulfills things. All the sacrifices and all the tabernacle, all that kind of stuff is pointing to Jesus. And he's like, hey guys, you need to remember this. And so we pick up in uh, chapter five, verse 11. And then we're going to really get into the meat of what we're talking about. But this is what he says. And again, wasabi message, right? We're all excited. Okay. He says, there's much more we would like to say about these things, but, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you're so spiritually dull and you don't seem to listen. <laughs> things were so positive. You just don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others, all right? But instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You know, I have a five-year-old. We have a five-year-old, and she's learning how to read. And what's awesome, you guys that, that have had kids that have gone through kindergarten, <laughs> listening to her sound out every word is awesome. You know, she said a word the other day, she tried to sound it out, and it's like silent letters all over the place, um, which our, our language is terrible. Who, who decided this thing? She's like, do I say that, that letter? We're like, no, it's silent. She's like, well, then why is it there? We're like, <laughs> we have no idea. Just, just, just learn it and don't understand it. it. just sounds like a lot of people when they read the Bible, it's like, what does it mean? I don't know. Just keep moving on. You know, it's like, no, you should probably learn that. But anyway, uh, but, but teaching her to read, it's, it's, it's cool now. Word, you know, word after word and just sounding out the, the letters and all that kind of stuff. But it's, it would not be cool to do that in five years, right? Because then it's like something's wrong. All right, she's not developing. She's got to learn how to do this on her own. Uh, and that's obvious when it comes to our work, when it comes to, to school, when it comes to these things. But when it comes to the church, like we're okay with still trying to sound out words after we've been in the faith for five, 10 years. Like it's, it's okay. I'm just still working out some things. It's, how do you say work? It's like, man, we've, we've been in this five years. And Paul's like, hey guys, we've been in this thing a while but I feel like we're having to kind of go over the same thing. 
He said, you're like babies who need milk and can't eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training, we don't like that word, through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Today's message is really entitled, Do Something More. Do Something More. And, and in our spiritual development, sometimes we get used to where we're at and we're okay with remaining there. And Paul's like, hey, you got to keep moving. You've got to keep learning. It's time to get off the milk and get to some meat, okay, unless you're a vegetarian and it's raw vegetables, however that works for you or whatever, right? You know, he's like, progress, move forward. But when it comes to our spiritual growth and our role that we play in it, a lot of times we hand off that responsibility to somebody else. In a church setting, this would be some of your only developmental moments, would be sitting in a chair listening to somebody else talk about what the Word of God says. And let me tell you something, that's not good enough. It's never been good enough and it will not be good enough, okay, for your spiritual growth. Now, I'm going to put something on the board here, on the board, we don't have a board, we have a screen. Put on something on the screen, I reverted back to like first grade, you know, this teacher, anyway, we're going to put on the screen and this is what we're going to do, we're going to say it. All right, together. All right, I'll read it once and then we'll repeat it. So, so this is what it is. My spiritual growth is my responsibility. All right, you see that? Now, now ready? One, two, three. My spiritual growth is my responsibility. Good. Yeah, I think that was, that was honest of you. My spiritual growth is my responsibility. It's not my dad. It's not my mom. It's not my friend. It's not my pastor. A lot of people, and, and this might, again, wasabi, uh, They'll come to church here and they'll say, well, I was going over there and I wasn't getting fed. But I got a little secret for you. People leave here and go other places and say, I just wasn't getting fed there. So I'm 33, I've been raised up in church and I've heard that a thousand times. And you know what, caveat, sometimes it's legit. Sometimes there's, it's time just to kind of progress forward. I understand that. But sometimes I just have to wonder if maybe this wasn't being done, a responsibility to feed, to self-feed, all right? It's okay when my daughter was two to hold the spoon and spoon feed her. She needed help with that. At five, if I have to do that, something is not right. And some people, they're still getting spoon fed. This, it's like a spoon feeding session. <laughs> Every Sunday, then we walk out, it's like, well, it's Thursday and now I feel weak. I have a question. This is for believers. Are you self-feeding? Are you praying? Are you reading your word? Are you getting in environments that are challenging you to move forward? Or are you relying on somebody else to do it for you? Because if that's what you're relying on, it's never going to happen. It doesn't matter what church you get into. It doesn't matter if your, your husband or your wife gets saved. You know what I'm saying? All those little things, none of that's going to change. Because your spiritual growth, your relationship with God is your responsibility. So we have to take that first off because if not, we, we begin to blame shift. We begin to blame shift. We begin to, to, to put weight on other people that they're like, man, it's, like, it's almost like your finance is failing and then you going to somebody else that has nothing to do with your finances and pointing your finger at them and saying, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. You need to cut up your credit cards or something. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I'm saying? Because why? Your finances are your own responsibility, right? Your spiritual growth is your own responsibility, 
Okay, so, so spiritual growth is like the development of a child. You know, with a child, their development in the, the physical, the intellectual, the social, emotional, and moral development has to be taking place. But in our, in our lives, uh, I kind of want to roughly show you like just four big areas of, of kind of like benchmarks in, 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 in the life of a believer. And there's really four different types of people in this room right here. There's those of you that, that you are, you're an unbeliever. You don't really know God. You don't have a relationship with him, okay? So, so you're lost. And then there's the a next group of people who have made a decision to follow Jesus and they're saved. And then there's another group of people that are growing, saved but growing. And then there's another group of people that are leading or serving. Serving and leading is actually a very interchangeable word because leading really is just serving at a greater degree, okay? Serving, helping people to kind of start from the beginning and continue to move forward. So Lost to saved, we understand what that is. It's making a decision to follow God. Do you know what the difference between a saved person and a growing person is? And I don't mean to get all statistical with you, but there's studies that have been done about believers and what causes a person to go from saved to growing. And you know what it is? It's, it's not a mystery. Reading the Bible, praying, and listening to the voice of God. Very, very simple, but maybe simplicity is kind of where it's at. See, if you're saved, but you don't have a lifestyle of prayer, if you're saved, you don't have a, an intake of the word of God. If you're saved and you don't know what it means to hear the voice of God, like that's foreign to you, you may be in the saved category, but you might not be in the growing category. You might not. Wasabi, right? We're still there? Start getting some blank stares. These are questions that we have to ask. Why? Because it's our responsibility to look inwardly and say, God, is that me? Am I saved? Am, am I, you know, justified? But Am I not progressing? It's a big question you have to ask. Then he goes on, verse 1 of chapter 6, he says, he says this, So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to talk and, and start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Do we? Now we're talking about Christians right now. We're talking to believers. We're talking people that have made a decision to follow Christ. He's like, do we continue to need to just rehash the same thing? Or like, do you understand living a lifestyle of repentance? You see, there's an initial repentance whenever you repent to God. But guess what? You never stop repenting. You never stop living a lifestyle of repentance. There was a time a few years ago that I think I was like driving down the road and then all of a sudden, it, I believe it was the Holy Spirit kind of recount, you know, reminding me about some things. But I literally just had the thought, I was like, man, when's the last time that I've really, really just humbled myself before God and repented? Just, I'm talking, just laid, laid myself open before God. I say, Lord, search my heart. Where am I wrong? Like, what do I need to repent of? And I hadn't had that moment in a long time. I was just living life. You never stop repenting. He's like, guys, remember, it's a fundamental. I mean, if you're building a house, you got the foundation. Repentance is like the foundation of, you know, it's one of those pillars. You don't, <laughs> you don't move on and just get rid of the foundation and keep building something. No, you build on top of that. He's like, but it's fundamental. And as believers, I think sometimes we keep going around the same tree. You know, marriages that are struggling, whenever there's not a repentant lifestyle from each person involved, it's very difficult. You gotta repent. You keep repenting. You repent to one another and you ask forgiveness, but then you repent to God and say, Lord, I wanna be a better husband. I wanna be a better wife. And it, and, it, and it causes the environment in that marriage to improve. But the fundamentals don't go away. Verse two, he says, 
You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment, or do you? Or do we, do we need to talk about this again? You know? Now, for some of you, especially in this room, it's all of these things are like, well, actually, I could use some help in that. You know what I'm saying? And, and, that's, and that's good because, you know, we all need to learn. But for others of you, it's, it's almost like you've forgotten things. There was a, there was a guy that I was uh, working with with guitar uh, years ago. And uh, it's Josh. It's Josh. <laughs> the story's going to end well, man. It's really good. It's really good. But uh, Josh... He used to be really small, you know, like, well, for me, small. And, um, and I was giving him guitar lessons, and, and he had issues practicing, which all of us do. I mean, come on, you know, we're taking lessons with anything. And, uh, but then he got better, he got better, and then he started playing on the team. This is probably about like 10 years ago now. I don't know. It was a long time ago, eight years ago. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, he kind of hit like a plateau, you know, and kind of just got used to playing guitar with the team. And then what happened, I don't know if you know this, but music has progressed over the last 10 years. All right, styles change. You got to learn some new things, continue development. Well, well it was kind of like he hit a lid. He stopped developing. And then it got to a place one night we were at practice, and I, I told him to play a certain chord, and he forgot the chord. Like, he didn't even know what chord it was. And I was like, all right, we got to have a talk. You know what I'm saying? So I got up and I talked to him. I was like, hey, man, listen, like, like you were moving forward. You were growing in, in your talent and your ability to do this thing. And I said, but you, you stopped developing, and actually, you didn't just stop developing, you've actually started digressing. You started forgetting the basic fundamental things because you're not exercising that, right? And so after that night, he took it. That was a wasabi, right? It was punching the gut. He took it, and, and now he still plays guitar. So that's positive, all right? So thank you, Josh, for responding. <laughs> But it was, it was a moment where it was, a, I mean, that's what Paul's doing here. He's like, guys, you're forgetting chords. You're forgetting the basics. I mean, do we need to, like, you're supposed to be teaching other people these things. And I, there's one thing I learned whenever I, I, I've been playing guitar since I was like 10. And I didn't start giving lessons until I was about 17 or 18. And whenever I started giving lessons, you know that I actually learned the guitar better because I started teaching somebody else. And, and then you can know something for a long time, but whenever you start trying to instruct someone, it tests all the little nuances of your understanding of it. And you're like, wait, hold on. Paul's like, you gotta, you gotta start teaching people. You don't need a degree to do that. You start exercising that now, start teaching people now. He's like, man, there's another level of development that you're not gonna get unless you start stepping out in faith and teaching other people. All right, it's a challenge. He says, and so God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. So God willing, we're all like, let's all take a step forward, correct? Like, yeah. So, so this is the, the point. It's not a been there, done that mentality. Not a been there. It's, it's because I'm there, I can do something more, right? Some people, it's like they arrive. Like they, they arrive and they're like, all right, I'm here. Cool. All right. Well, I guess that's it. It's like, no, 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 you, like, those of you who went to the freedom retreat this past weekend, it's, it's not, I got cleaned up and, and set free so that way I could just, like, exist. No, it's, you, you're being set free, you're being delivered so you can help other people get delivered, be set free, right? That's the way that God has set this thing up. It's not, I arrive for fun, for myself, that's selfish. 
It's God, heal me, cleanse me, restore me, because God, you are so good. I want to help other people know how good you are. So it's a progression, but we've got to continue to learn. We've got to continue to grow so that we can serve God and love people well. We've got to stay in the game. Some of you, I want to encourage you today to get back in the game. Because whenever you're in church and you're in this thing for a long time, man, it's just like anything else. Our eyes come off of Jesus. Our eyes come off of it and it starts getting lower and lower. We're looking at people and then all of a sudden, guess what? It starts turning and then it's all about me. All about me. And, and nothing gets done in anything with people that it's all about them. It, it, especially in the church. Church does not move forward. The kingdom of God can't move forward. God chose people to move the kingdom of God forward. He did. It's our responsibility. Verse four, he begins to say some other really, really difficult things to understand. He says, for it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come, and who then turn away from God. It is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the son of God they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. I don't know if you know this or not, but not every person that says that they are saved, that names the name of Jesus, is legitimately a follower of Christ. It's just, it's just the way it is. Some people are fans, not followers. You know what I'm talking about? You know, whenever the saints went to the Super Bowl, um, that we were, I mean, that morning, I think we all had saints garb on. I mean, it was like, I was leading worship and side, but there was a part of my, main, my brain that was just praying for them to win. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, God, please. And uh, we had a big old blowout party in the back, back here. It was awesome. It was one of the highlights of the football season ever, like best Super Bowl ever. We were, it was cold. People had fires going or whatever. And we ended up all in building three. And we had this, we had the game up on the big screen. Y'all remember it, right? It's like, oh, and who was the guy that made the interception on Peyton Manning? Porter. 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 Clint, what is his name? Tracy Porter. Tracy Porter. Oh, I haven't thought about him since that day. It's good. <laughs> I remember what he did, though, right? He made an interception, and he ran it all the way back. Y'all, all heaven broke loose, okay? You know what I'm talking about? Like, I mean, we were literally, I hadn't ran in church in years. We were taking laps. I mean, like people I didn't even know, I was like jumping up and high five. I'm like, yeah, we were so excited. And I kid you not, three years later, there were certain people on Facebook that were so excited that the saints were like losing and doing bad. They're like, ha, 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 you know, where's the paper bags at? Ha, ha, ha. I was like, I was slapping high fives with you that night. And now you're, you're just a fan, but you're a fair weathered fan. Your fanhood is... Not worth anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, geez. You know, and now here we are and things are kind of good. Well, if you're watching it, that's just true. Forgot about all that's going on. Oh, God. Forgot, <laughs> forgot about you know, hide, go hide, you know. But it was true. We were all excited. And then a few years later, it's like, they, why? They stopped winning. They stopped winning. We live in a great country. We have a lot of freedom, liberty. I mean, look, guys, we can get together like this. We can shout. We can be all public. We can post it on Facebook. It just is all over the place, man. It's great. Yeah, yeah. But, man, 
What about whenever it feels like the church isn't winning anymore? What about whenever it just, things get tough. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe some, some things go down and, and, and it's, not, it's not culturally accepted to be a believer anymore. It's, 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 it's not okay to base your belief system upon the word of God. Anymore. What happens whenever that happens? Do, is the church full of a bunch of fans or actual followers? You know, I heard a lot of stories whenever ISIS began to move through the Middle East and still are. And, and I mean, very, very violent things. And I know you guys have probably heard them too. Just things that they did and they converted bread factories to torture chambers and they did all sorts of things. And, and since I've heard those stories, very consistently I've said, God, man, what would I do if I was put in that situation? You know, by the grace of God, I hope I, I never am put in that situation, just to be honest with you. Uh, but it tests something deep within me, very, very deep. Am I a fan or am I a follower? Am I sold out, am I all in, or am I a fair-weathered Christian? He's like, there's, there's a lot of people that, that said they were following, but then they, they, they fell away. They, they, they separated themselves from God. I think it's a big question for us to consistently ask, you know, Am I right? Is my heart still pure? Is my motive still correct of why I'm doing this? Now, here's the deal. The Bible says that God is going to separate the wheat from the tares at the end of the day. Basically, weeds. He's going to separate those that are truly Christian and those who are just kind of playing church. And uh, he tells us not to worry about that. He tells us not to be the judge, all right? So you don't have to have the responsibility of figuring out if your friend is a terror or a wheat, okay? You, you don't, God didn't give you that, that job. But for me, I don't look around that much. I actually look right here. I say, God, test my heart, test my motives. And I think a church full of people that are doing that right there, that are, that are, that are checking their own hearts, their own motives, I believe that's a healthy church because we're not doing it out of some weird motive, we're doing it with a pure, compassionate approach. And the thought is many believers fall away from God because they fail to grow in their faith. We could split hairs about some of this kind of stuff, but you know what? Some people that name the name of Jesus, a few years later, they're not naming the name of Jesus anymore. They're not living according to that. And were they ever saved? I, I, I don't know. I'm not going that route. The bottom line is that for us, for me, challenges me to say, you know what, I better continue to grow. I better continue to put my, deets, my, my, my roots deep into the word of God, deep into the kingdom, because right here, right, I don't want to be the, the what was it, the, the, the guy that was in the temple that looked over to the, the guy and said, well, thank you that I'm not as bad as he is. Nuh-uh. No, no, no. Hum humility. Your walk with God is an incline, not a decline. I think a lot of people think that, 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 that serving God is, is sort of just like you could put it on a coast and you just coast, you know, you just coast into heaven. It's this decline mindset versus it, it being an incline mindset. Yeah, sure, if you build up some momentum in your car and you hit a hill, put it in a neutral, you'll go up for a little bit. But eventually you begin to go backwards. And really the warning there is it's either we progress or we digress. We, either, we are either progressing or we're digressing. And now li listen, there's seasons. There, 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 you, you have good, good times and bad times, you know what I'm saying? But, but is it moving forward 
or is it going downwards? Is your passion for God increasing as you go through these seasons? Is your desire for him increasing overall or does it seem like it's waning? And then Paul, after he says that, he kind of changes gears and he gets, comes back and he gives a big hug, all right? He says, dear friends, verse 9, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. <laughs> what? <laughs> you made me feel all this and think all this. And you're... We are confident that you are meant for better things. Things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and, and how you've shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you do, that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Faith and endurance. Come on, we need faith and endurance, right? To, to finish this thing. It's the fight of faith. This is a marathon that we're in, y'all. Okay? It takes a lot of commitment. It takes a lot of grit. We've talked about that recently. I love that psychologists and stuff are working to figure out what it is that helps people be successful in life. And they've whittled it down to this word, and it's grit. It's like, man, we've been saying that word for a long time. You had to go to college to figure that out? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Grit. We got to have grit in our relationship with God. We, we got to have grit through the tough seasons in our life. Grit, gritty faith that says, God, even though I don't understand this right now, I still choose to follow you. I still choose to trust you. Because not everything that happens is logically. It's not, it's not always in front of you. you can't, it's not tangible. Sometimes you have to faith through those things. I was talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago and I said, I said, so just tell me this, when is, when are you the most fulfilled? Like, when are you the most just encouraged in your life? Like, when do you feel like you got purpose and you're right, you know, I'm talking about like just, yes, man, I'm owning life. And they said, whenever I am caring and I'm helping other people, whenever I'm doing something for somebody else that has no, no return for me. And I thought that was so powerful. Because if we really look through our lives, a lot of times the things that are all about us, we tend to, like, again, we look inwardly. And a lot of times that's where we get attitudes and we get depressed. And we have, but man, whenever we lift our eyes and we begin to help others, something's different about that, right? It encourages us. And, you know, Paul says the same thing. I think the point is this, loving others and caring for other believers will keep us from becoming dull and indifferent. As believers, as believers, the... The danger of becoming dull and indifferent is alive and well in our lives. Doesn't matter how long you've been in this thing, how passionate you are right now. Yes, I'm at the freedom retreat. This is awesome. God has set me free forever. And all of a sudden, it's like two weeks later, you know, deflated. Can't tell you how many times in my life I've, I've left a conference. You know what I'm saying? I've left a service like this. I'm just like, yes. And then like within a day, it's like I feel like I've forgotten everything that I heard. That, that, that emotion, that passion is what in there. And then all of a sudden, guess what? The rubber's meeting the road. I want to encourage you in this room as believers 
to continue to love people and to serve and care for believers, to serve and care for one another and to serve in your community. Because let me tell you something, that's, where we're, that's when we're most like Jesus. Whenever we are, ser- we're doing things that we won't get anything out of it. And as a church, I want a church, I want to be a part of a church that, that has their eyes set on Jesus and set on other people, not set right here. Because whenever your eyes, as, a, as believers, whenever our eyes start turning inwardly into the four walls, that's whenever we care about whose seat is where. That's whenever we care about prestige in the church. We, we care about tenure. We care about all these things that I believe really disappoints God. Because it's not the point of the local church. The point of the local church is to bring Jesus to people, to bring hope and purpose. We don't have time to become dull. There's too big of a mission to accomplish to start turning inwardly and worry about numero uno. You know what I'm talking about? We don't, we don't have time, y'all. We've got to continue to serve, love, spread the message of Jesus. That's what we're called to. Y'all believe that? Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Because I believe there's a lot of you in this room. The first step that you need to take is one that says, Lord, I will follow you. Jesus, I am yours and some of you, you know that you're, you're separate from God. You don't know him. You don't have a relationship with him. But you feel this tug of war right now that says, today's the day. It's time to make a change. And all I want to do is I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to give you an opportunity to make a decision to follow Jesus. Some of you, you've been a fan. You've been a fan. But today it's time to be a follower. It's time to, to, to put down your pride. It doesn't matter if you've been coming to church for a long time. None of, none of that matters. It's about you and Jesus. And so I want to give you a moment here. Search your heart. Say, God, would you search me? Lord, if I'm, if I'm apart from you, if I'm separate from you, God, would you just show me those areas right now? Come on, if you're in this place and you know that you're separate from God, I'm gonna say a prayer here in a moment. You don't have to repeat after me, but I do want you to sincerely in your own words, lay your heart before your God and surrender your life to him. And like we talked about repentance earlier, repent. Repent, it just means turning, going the opposite direction. And for some of you, your life needs to repent. Your focuses, they need to repent. They need to turn from the way that they're heading and they need to turn to Jesus. His grace is sufficient for you. It doesn't matter the sin that you've been involved in, the amount of lying, the, the, all the things, all the, the stuff that you've put out there and said, yeah, I, I'd like to, but this, none of that matters. Jesus said, come to me just as you are. Don't worry about the surroundings. Don't worry about who's next to you. Don't worry about what tomorrow may bring. Right now, come to me. So if you're in this place and you need Jesus, I, want, I do wanna ask you to do one thing. That's to raise your hand. I'm not gonna embarrass you, not gonna do anything like that. But if you're in this place and you need Jesus, raise your hand right now. Come on, lift it up high. I see you. Yes, yes, come on, all over the room. Come on. You need Jesus. I see you. Come on, let's do this right now. God's grace is here. God's forgiveness is here. His life is here. 
Let's pray. Say, God, before I come before you right now, I give you everything. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my tomorrows, God. I give you my, my talents, my abilities. I lay them all at your feet. Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. God, I've been so far from you and I know it. And today, I bow before you. I give you everything. Thank you for coming to this earth, for living a blameless life, for dying a, a terrible death on that cross to shed your blood for my sin, to pay the price that I could not pay. I receive your gift of salvation right now. Mark me, use my life to advance your kingdom. God, that I would live a life that would glorify you, not myself. Thank you. Fill me with your spirit right now. Fill me with victory. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give it up for all those who gave their hearts to God today? If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. If you'll text the word SAVED to 51660, we want to send you a link to our website that'll explain a little more about the decision you just made and give you some steps to take so that you can grow in your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv slash give, or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.